0: This is a podcast for spiritual downloads, star seeds, light workers, and authenticity. Spiritual awareness is advised. Welcome to the 11:11 podcast. So grateful to have you joining. Let's all start together with a deep breath in and a deep breath out. (sighs) A lot of energy going on, a lot of influx of energy and time-space reality happening right now. Hope you guys are staying grounded, staying attuned, staying connected to yourself, to your core, to one another, to your higher self. And, uh, if you have any of those topic requests, please feel free to send those into my inbox at Agent K21 Podcast on Instagram or on Twitter at Agent K21. Um, additionally, if you are interested in learning music, uh, that means music instrumentation, or music production, or songwriting. Uh, <laughs> that is also a service I provide in. The link for that is in the description below. You can check out the website and book yourself a session. And Speaking of sessions, uh, (laughs) not sure if you know this, but I do offer donation-based counseling, a very holistic approach to counseling. And um, if you feel like you want to try that, please reach out and book yourself a session. Now, additionally, if you want to give back to the community, at large, I am building an empire that I invite you to join me in, where you will be working alongside me, working with me to help lift the collective. And whatever gift you have, uh, please feel free to bring them on. Definitely have some exciting stuff coming up in the near future. And so, uh, yeah, if you want to collaborate in any way, please do. I will be glad to be a feature on your show or collaborate musically, however however, I can assist you guys in this process. Please, don't be a stranger. Let me know. So, um, yeah, a lot of energy going on right now. Um, we recently had an 11-11 uh, gate portal opening day. Very phenomenal energy. And if you were on social media, I actually did an impromptu to uh, just spur the moment guided meditation. I had not intended to do so, but I did do a global meditation, so thank you for those who joined. Thank you for those who did not. It was beautiful, lovely energy, and um, yeah, I did not record the live because I believe there's that power in the now moment. Maybe in the near future I will record more lives, um, pre-recorded Post recorded episodes, but I did not do that. That was one of those spur of the moments I wanted those who uh, were there to be there. Um, and so we also have, or had, by the time this is airing, we've had a full moon and an eclipse um, coming up. Um, so that all is going on. And uh, Spiral just joined the chat, so welcome. And uh, uh, so, yeah, uh, if you're catching this episode as it is airing, or perhaps you're catching it at a later date in a later time, uh, you might feel that this information is not uh, pertaining to you, but guarantee you it is. Uh, So I recently saw a tarot reader that I watched did a 1111 portal uh, tarot reading. She did three tarot readings, one for the collective, another for star seeds and light workers, and an additional one for spiritual flames. Now, if you want to check that out, it doesn't matter what time this, what day or time this is meeting and greeting you. It could be years from now, or however, uh, it's still relevant because time is an illusion. So. Uh, Whenever this meets you and greets you, it's meant for you at that time. And these messages still may pertain to you. So if you want to check that out, I will have those uh, links in the bio. Um, And as it turns out, one of my sources sent me an article about the 1111 portal. Now, even though this is post um, 1111, I think this was still good information moving forward and um, information for those who are not aware to become more aware for up-and-coming portals, you know, the Alliance Gate, 11:11, 12:12, etc. These different days and how they resonate. Um, so I'm gonna read some of this article here with you guys before I dive into the Ascended Masters that are gonna be covered in this series. So, what really happens on the 11:11 and other gateways? Why are these times so special? Why should you pay attention to them? What exactly happens during gateways? And what is the benefit? So there are three keys to gateways. There are a few keys things that happen. And note that it just doesn't happen on the exact date, but three to five days around the date itself. Now I believe that it happens um, when it's meant to reach you. The messages will be received. So moving to the first Uh, key here is the invisible energy realms shift so this universe is made up of energy and this is a scientifically proven fact everything including us is not solid it is actual tiny sub automatic particles micro substances vibrating in a particular form creating the outer impressions of being solid now during gateways these particles start to shift how they are vibrating there is a frequency shift things are stirred up in a different way To illustrate, think of this. If you watch a sitcom, you would feel different in your body than if you've just watched a documentary on a terrible disease and how it affects people and made them suffer. Do you feel that difference? That's the kind of shift in vibration that happens. When we have a gateway, there is shift into higher vibration coming in. More lightness, which you can feel as excitement beyond your body and your physical situation. However, these are challenge- there are challenges to that as well as benefits. Second key is purging happens. Because of this cosmic shift in vibration, what often happens is that it stirs up the heaviness, sadness, and old stuckness and density in our beings and brings it to the surface so we can release it this reaction depends on how much heaviness and limitation negative beliefs pass hurt and more that we have in our system so in short the more heaviness negativity and stuckness in us the more we will tend to experience purging before and during these times new light codes coming in this is the third key If you work to clear the density that has been trying to surface in your system you are able to receive the new higher vibrational light coming in during the gateway. Light is pure high vibrational energy aligned with love, peace, inspiration, illumination and more. Think of it like this. If your closet was full of old clothes you had outgrown you wouldn't have room for any new clothes. So during gateways you are pushed to not only receive the new higher potential, but to clear out what is not needed are benefiting you anymore. In short, if you're full up of baggage, you don't have the space to receive the new light code's benefits and shifts, and therefore it will tend to create purging without much obvious benefit to you. So if you want to read more of that article, I encourage you to do so. That will be listed in the description as well. Um, I just wanted to read that as a a guide or just a nugget of wisdom, if you will, for what's happening beyond this solar eclipse that we are experiencing, or perhaps it's a lunar eclipse, uh, and just kind of understanding what's happening. If you feel tired, if you feel residual feelings and emotions coming up, to not be alarmed um, as things may surface and things may be triggering and if you need more guidance with how to help being triggered i did a two-part episode on being triggered and being the one to trigger so those are called triggering and um triggered and i recently posted ah yes i recently posted them on youtube so if you are not subscribed to the youtube channel yet I would encourage you to do so and I thank you in advance for clicking that bell notification so you see when the new episodes are released. So, with all that said, we are continuing the ascension process of the new earth and the ascended masters as they are the guiding light, the guiding force that have walked this path before us to leave a blueprint for us. So, if you're not familiar with Ascended Masters, I would check out the episode previously before this one titled "The Ascended Masters." Uh, but today I want to talk about three specific ascended masters. Uh, these three, very well known in uh, religious sectors and sacred texts. these three ascended Masters going to be covered today include Mother Mary. Her son Jesus and Moses now uh, these three Ascended Masters you know I was thinking about it like what qualifies becoming an Ascended Masters one thread I've noticed is Ascended Masters do not have a very easy life they deal with a lot of trauma a lot of heavy emotions and they also require a level of bravery so um, these Ascended Masters have are indeed included as ascended masters because they have ventured to this place learned lessons, gained wisdom and have ascended um, and my impression is once you've become an ascended master you do not necessarily have to return back um, of course you know everyone has free will I suppose so I assume that those who have ascended have um, kind of opted out of learning curve now I say that with a grain of salt because for those who subscribe to certain religious beliefs have the understanding of the second coming the second Messiah now depending on your interpretation of that will reveal um, if that's in the literal sense or in the metaphysical sense because there is a return a return of Christ consciousness, a return to love, unity, harmony. There is a return of that. Um, And to each their own. Everyone has their own interpretation of events. So I'm not here to convince you otherwise. I'm here to spread the message and to express my own. So uh, these three Ascended Masters that I'm going to share a little bit about in my own personal take on it so um, I'm gonna start with Moses now if you're not familiar with the story of Moses I would recommend you watch a beautiful Disney movie before you even listen to this before you even read any sacred text watch this beautiful Disney depiction called the Prince of Egypt I love the art of animation and storytelling and I think that's a beautiful way to learn so if you have an aversion to reading sacred texts, I prefer not to read in general. I would advise you watch a movie. Watch a movie about the Prince of Egypt. So when we look at Moses, who was Moses? What is a Moses? <laughs> you know, what did Moses accomplish? Um, one thing about Moses is that uh, he had a very difficult life. So just giving a brief summary of Moses. The story of Moses starts with him being essentially abandoned by his, uh, mother. Um, during the time he was born, there was a order to kill all the firstborn boys or all the children during that time. Um, now again, I'm summarizing, I'm paraphrasing. You can feel free to research and, uh, Dive deeper onto it, but this is just my summary of it and paraphrasing of it. So, the children were killed during this time, so the mother um, placed him in a basket and sent him down the Nile River as a way to preserve his life. And so, moving forward, he lives in an Egyptian household where he is actually a part of the problem. Essentially, <laughs> he is part of the very people that are uh, murdering and torturing and being very cruel to his biological, uh, natives. You know, he was born technically as a slave, but he lived in a palace with all of the Egyptians and he had his spiritual awakening where he learned the truth of things and, uh, he had an encounter with a burning bush. Now, some of us think that that burning bush was actually cush, which is a marijuana plant, if you're not familiar with that, a to each their own. So some people have that interpretation that he was actually high. I don't, I don't, they, I don't knock him if he was, but um, he had a spiritual awakening where he encountered a burning bush in basically was revealed a lot of things that he could no longer turn a blind eye to. So he had his spiritual awakening, went on to do many miracles and things. And he's known for the very famous quote, saying, let my people go. Um, And so can you just imagine the disillusionment he must have went through to know that everything he was living was basically a lie and that he was actually working for people that were enslaving his own people? That's that's always a fascinating part to me is just like really stepping into these people's existence and how it must have felt to be these people. Um, So moving forward, we also know Moses as someone who wrote the 10 commandments, someone who had a very close connection with the source with the spirit with the universe so close to the fact that it's recorded that he is one of the only, if not the only person, who was able to see the back of God. who It was too powerful for him to see God face to face in the physical human body. So uh, the Spirit of God, our God itself, went past Moses, and in that moment he began to shine, as many of us do. He began to shine, and his hair turned instantly silver. Um, And he was so bright that people could not even look upon him. Uh, Legend has it. And so um, I mentioned before that Ascended Masters are not perfect beings. They are people who have walked incarnated in this human existence. And one thing I want to point out about the story of Moses is it's not really clear or it's not really shown the insecurities that Moses had. Moses was a very insecure person. He had a stuttering problem. He did not do a lot of things on his own. He had his uh, brother Aaron going with him. And Aaron was actually more of the mouthpiece for Moses. It's depicted as Moses being this amazing leader, which he absolutely was. But there were also insecurities there. And that's the beauty of these stories, is that you take something that is imperfect and making it perfect or seamless. And that's... The beauty of these ascended masters, as I'm learning and seeing, is that anyone can be an ascended master if they choose to ascend and learn and embark on that enlightenment path. Um, and so, Moses was not perfect by any means. Okay, Moses was not perfect and he um, had a lot of struggles, you know, he had a lot of struggles. So, if you are more interested in seeking and maybe you resonate more with the story of Moses, uh, I would encourage you to, to tackle that more. Um, and so that's kind of my interpretation of the story of Moses and some things I've learned and some things that have stood out to me um, in my understanding of these three ascended masters I'm talking about today. Now, I've done... Most of this comes from my own experience and my own interpretation of these stories because these stories are more stories that I've seen or have experienced or have learned about in my own experience. So um, I'm really interested in the Ascended Masters I've never heard of that I'm so excited to research and uh, learn more about. But moving forward with these three, I'm going to now talk about um, the Ascended master. I'm trying to think which one I want to go with next. (laughs) Um, We're going to go with Mary. I was going to start with Mary because I kind of ended talking about her on the last episode and I was going to pick up right where I left off. But um, the Ascended Master Mary, for one, I did not know she would be considered an Ascended Master, which I'm not surprised because Mother Mary is very prominent, especially in the Catholic culture. And she's also mentioned several times in the Quran as well. So, um, I'm not surprised. I was looking up Mary to find more information on, like, her childhood, who she was, and, you know, we know her as the mother of, of Jesus, and we know her as, um, a devoted, loyal person to, to God, and to, um to the source, essentially. But I could not really find a lot of information about her as far as who was she before all of these things. How did she grow up? How was her childhood? Um, And if you have information on that, you know, please send it my way. I'm sure it's out there. Um, But I was connecting with with, uh, Mother Mary, and there's always been a scripture, a passage that I've always loved when I think about Mother Mary. And it's a very simple passage, but I feel very seen and very connected to her when I read this particular phrase. So in sacred texts, and it's actually ironic because as synchronicity would have it. I was actually guided to go there by one of my soul tribe members. I was like, hey, read this. They didn't even say read this. It was just like, I've been reading this. And I was like, hmm, I kind of want to check that out now. So... Uh, I was guided to read this passage, and it, lo and behold, had the wording that really resonates with me. Um, So I'm going to paraphrase again. There is a passage that says, and I noticed, or it was also pointed out to me, that it's mentioned multiple times, not just one time, but more than once. It says that Mary would ponder on things and store them in her heart and ponder on them. And I always thought, that's so interesting that this writer decided to capture that. What was the significance of capturing that? Also, how did this writer know that that's what Mary was doing? And I always just felt such a connection to that. Just that um, treasuring things in your heart and just the sacredness of it and the beauty in it and the devotion of it. Um, I just thought it was so beautiful. And I've always connected to that. And every time I read it, it's just like my heart just kind of flutters when I read that line. So I feel very connected to that um, aspect of it. So when we think about Mother Mary, she was there at Jesus birth, obviously, and also at his death. She was there by his side. And, um, you know, she represents uh, just that, just that faithful maternal guide, being there for him and Again, no one is perfect, no one human is perfect. So not even Mother Mary. Now, don't you know get mad at me for saying that that doesn't demote or take away from the beauty that they are and that they brought. It's just to recognize the humanity in it all. Uh, it's not about being perfect that that defeats the point. But I, there's a, there's a couple of scriptures where um, Mary says, these things to Jesus and the way he responds is just hilarious but there's one passage that says uh, I believe it was in the same passage I was reading I believe it's in the book of Luke which the first five chapters is kind of which I which I've been reading I read recently and um, Mother Mary says to Jesus you know how could you do this to us how could you make us worry now sounds like a very toxic thing to say. (laughs) Sounds like a very deflective thing to say to a child personally. And um, I just thought the beauty in that of seeing her humanity in it all. Uh, But I did find this as I was doing a little bit of research trying to find out about her. It was actually really quite sad. I was trying to find out about her and I decided, as I mentioned before, that her counterpart is Archangel Raphael. And so I researched Raphael to find out information about her. You know, history is written by the winners. And unfortunately, a lot of powerful women, uh, especially feminine energy in general, has been so um, attempted to be omitted from a lot of places. So the way I found out information about her was uh, byproduct (laughs) through something else. And, um... You know, I was very surprised to read that because I know all the Archangels have a counterpart of Twin Flame. I know that, but I did not know that Mother Mary, <laughs> I did not know she was a part of that. I'm not surprised, but I did not know that Ascended Masters would also potentially have um, Archangels. So I'm still trying to wrap my mind around that. But I read this and this one part I want to say because it connects to understanding Um, her existence a little more so it says here when mary took incarnation on earth having been chosen by god to give birth to jesus christ archangel Raphael did not embody with her but overshadowed her throughout her mission and assisted her in bringing forth the son of the highest saint germain embodied as joseph having been chosen by god to be the husband of mary Similarly, his twin flame, the Ascended Lady, Master Portia, also did not take embodiment, but overshadowed him. So you guys know where I'm going with that. That will be, more than likely, the next Ascended Masters that I will cover. It's just so intriguing how everything is connected. One thing leads to another. The more that you research, the more that you learn, whatever it is, we are all one. And everything connects back to the source and connects back to the center at the end of the day and so I thought that was really interesting, um, reading that, you know, Mother Mary has a lot of attributes of being very poised, very brave, very courageous, and also just very, um, uh, just, I'm trying to think of the word for it, I know the word is not ladylike, but (laughs) that's what comes to mind, um, yeah, so I, I think that, um, she definitely embodies a lot of the characteristics for anyone to strive to strive for whether male or female to strive for of you know just being a very humble spirit very humble soul um and so moving to the final ascended master i'm going to speak about today which is jesus that we may know a lot of so I trying to, uh, expand the perception of these Ascended Masters, especially the ones that we hear a lot of our, maybe culturally we hear a lot of our, and depending on what groups and circles we're in, we might hear a lot of, a lot about. So when we think of the Ascended Master, Jesus definitely did not have an easy life. Definitely, um experienced, you know, isolation, experience being ostracized, experience rejection, and all of these different things, Um, one thing that comes to mind is uh, Jesus also experienced abandonment in his childhood, a form of abandonment in his childhood. So in the same storyline that I was reading, and it connects back to what I just mentioned about Mother Mary, is that um, in sacred texts, it is recorded that Jesus and his family went on a festival celebration and his parents, um, went home and thought that Jesus was with him and he was surely not. And he was missing for three days before they realized that he was missing. And it took them a day's trip to get back to the town where the festival was to retrieve him. And, uh, just thinking of perhaps the weight that parents may carry and the guilt that parents may carry of losing a child in a store or in a whole other country, you know, and also the experience that Jesus himself must have experienced of being abandoned in, you know, before the age of 12, this happened where he was left and what he must have experienced going through that. Now, of course, he is all man and all God, So he experienced it differently. Um, But nonetheless, he still had human human characteristics. Uh, So another human characteristics that's often brought up is him kicking over the money chambers and chasing people with a whip, all of that stuff is usually brought up in defense of emotions such as anger and frustration. Um, Now, if you're not familiar with that message or that um, sacred text, is that You know, people were gambling in the temple, and Jesus was very passionate, very angry about seeing this display of of um, ignorance and disrespect. That he turned over all that he kicked over all their stuff and was like, "Get out of here! Like, what are you doing?" And um, people like to reference that a lot when they want to justify some type of behavior. Um, Again, it's to find that humanity that. This person exhibited human emotions and experienced human things. So whenever you might feel alone, remember that even these Ascended Masters walked this earth and had the experience you know, hardships and just terrible things, you know, if that brings any comfort to you to know, to find that thread of humanity, to maybe not put people on a pedestal, but to actually see them uh, through the lens that connects us all. And so there's another popular t-shirt that I used to see back in the day like at Spencer's and like Hot Topic which was the catchphrase Jesus wept." Jesus wept. Yes. <laughs> and um, there are many times where uh, it's described in sacred texts that Jesus cried for the children. He cried for his disciples. You know, he cried. And so when you have these negative toxic masculinity messages of men don't cry and it's weak to cry you just tell them Jesus weeped okay and that and which is more than just a cry you know to weep is a very deep type of sorrow deep type of cry um so just keep that in mind uh no matter what people try to throw at you um and the last thing I want to say to really exemplify the humanity in the if you want to call it imperfections, but everything is perfect in its own place. So it's not really imperfect. It's That's what makes it so perfect, if you even want to subscribe to that word. But um, in sacred texts, before Jesus was crucified, if you're not familiar with the Jesus story, that's something that you can probably find at some at some point if you haven't heard. But yes, so Jesus who walked this earth was crucified and... Before that happened, he went alone, which he often went alone on his own missions very much. He went off alone and he prayed three times the same prayer. And that prayer was asking for another way, was asking for the bitter cup he had to endure to be removed from him. Um, so when you think like, did Jesus ever get scared? Was he ever afraid? Was he ever not wanting to go through with his mission and purpose the answer is yes the answer is he experienced all those human things now if the son of man can experience that and still feel that then how much more can we and how much more have we so when when we might feel these emotions of just like I don't know just anything that makes us feel defeated to just know that you're not alone in that pain and that suffering that we've all experienced it to some degree even the Ascended Masters have experienced that so I really wanted to bring this to light in a different way because yes I could talk about the Ascended Masters and how great they are and what they've done and their stories their lives but but these particular three this is more of a well-known story that most of us have heard referenced. Know someone that knows someone that has known this story. Something to that effect. So what I really wanted to express with these three particular ones is their humanity. Now some of the other ones I will do more in-depth research to know who they are, what they've gone through. Um, and what they stood for. But um, just... Uh, I hope that these words bring comfort to you and to also maybe bring a different perspective to understand that being an Ascended Master is um, something that is acquired through dedication and courage and a willingness to endure certain things. So that's all I'm going to say on that. And next time I will be talking about Lady Portia and Saint Germain and anyone else that you may want me to get to. If you are not familiar with the list of Ascended Masters, please refer back to the episode prior to this one to hear all the different Ascended Masters. Write them down, send them in, which ones you would like me to cover in this mini series, in this segment. So until next time, be well, stay safe, take care. Until next time.